fans, hello again. This is Todd Osana, and you are listening to the revamped version of the Auburn 20 podcast. After a long hiatus uh, through the offseason of college football, we are back with episode one for the year 2020. And for those that are new here, the 20 in the name of the podcast refers to me keeping each episode about 20 minutes long. Uh, for easy listening, most people's attention spans kind of run out after you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I thought 20 minutes would be a good target time for each episode. Some may go a little bit longer, some most of the time, probably not much shorter. Anyways, so we have a lot to cover today from, obviously, as you could tell by the name of this episode, COVID, CAM, and college football. Uh, those three topics, uh, and, and a couple other quick off-season storylines, but for the most part, uh, those three. So first things first, let's Let's just talk about um, what you can do to help me. Go on iTunes, Apple uh, Podcasts, and, and just subscribe to this podcast, like it, um, and just rate it. It's literally one click. You just give it five stars, and that'll help me out a lot, get in front of some other people, and also to maybe get some sponsors in, in the near future. Uh, anyway, so I think it's best to kind of get the depressing news, the the conversation about uh, obviously, everything that's been going on. Um, yeah, 2020 has been a rough start, to say the least. And really, aside from the sports world, the entire globe has really been kind of decimated in some way by this virus. You know, many families have lost loved ones. Other people's uh, jobs were, you know, people were furloughed. Um, some people just lost their jobs outright. And, and for that matter, I think a lot of us have lost hope in our ability as Americans to, to unite together, you know, against this common enemy that is uh, this virus that has really taken its toll on on the morale and just the hope in, in a lot of people's minds. And uh, it's definitely a dark time in, in, in the history of this country and this earth, but I have faith that uh, we can overcome this and kind of bounce back, and I think that's of course, going to come with a lot of pain along the way, um, but I think it will happen. And in a time like this, sports are obviously and, and really should be the least of our worries, but due to the nature of this podcast, I think you've all come here to get some opinions and information as to what is going to happen uh, with the college football season, and that's kind of what I want to lead off with. So obviously, this is a constantly changing situation. Every day brings new information, new scenarios. You'll hear a lot through the grapevine. So I'm going to try and do my best to stay on top of things as much as I possibly can. And that way, you know, I can provide you with the most up-to-date information. So I think the question that most people have probably come here to hear a little bit more about is, are we going to be watching college football in the year 2020? And my short answer to that question is probably yes, but but don't get too excited because there's a lot of moving parts here, and I just said that things are changing on a daily basis, so anything could really happen. I know the SEC is slated to come out with some sort of verdict uh, sometime later this week or even next week. So to follow up to my answer on that, I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form we're going to get a full season or, or probably even a postseason or, or anything like we're used to. But but we will see some football. I, I'm pretty confident in that. 
so kind of the way that this whole thing started off was uh, the, the Big Ten came out and said that they were withdrawing from out-of-conference play. Then they were followed by the Pac-12. Um, their announcements do, however, leave open the possibility of engaging in postseason out-of-conference play. But that's if there's a playoff to determine a national champion. And again, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical that we'll even really get to that point. The reasoning behind this decision from from these two conferences is so that they can have more control of their testing capacity and scheduling. And when you start depending on other conferences and you know other schools and other conferences to adequately test or help you with your rescheduling, I mean, it could get really messy. It could get really difficult, especially since no conference seems to be on the same page. So they're really taking matters into their own hands as far as negotiating TV contracts, uh, which from a purely business perspective, I can totally understand. I mean, it does make sense. And they're definitely slow playing this. I think it, it kind of gives them the opportunity to exhaust all options before they cancel anything. There have been three main scenarios that have been thrown around, and I think these three are probably the most likely. Every single one of those scenarios includes limited or restricted fan attendance, as well as a shortened season, eight or ten games scheduled somewhere in there. And the reason I denote the term scheduled is because I don't think we are going to get to see a full eight to ten game season if the season happens in the fall. Nonetheless, the first and least likely of the three scenarios that have really been thrown around are college football in the spring. Now, this has been a topic of conversation since the beginning of the pandemic, really kind of, I think it was back in late March, uh, people were already starting to whisper that college football is not going to happen in the fall. They need to move it to the spring. Uh, But in my opinion, I think that's the least likely option for a few reasons. First off, if anyone's expecting the case or death numbers to be weighed down by that time, you will be sadly mistaken. This winter will likely be worse than any growth in numbers we've seen since the beginning of April. And that would definitely defeat the entire purpose of postponing the season. Also, it would be a logistical nightmare for the NCAA and individual schools as far as scholarships, eligibility, red shirts, that stuff. So aside from all that, then you have the NFL draft in April. And if you think that Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Fields are going to get out there and play tackle football with a chance to make millions of dollars think again. So with all that being said, I don't think college football in the spring is a likely option. However, it was definitely one of the top three being thrown around. And I could see a scenario where the season is continually postponed and postponed and postponed out of desperation and then ultimately doesn't happen. So essentially they keep pushing it back to exhaust all their options, but the window of opportunity won't be an early spring start, in my opinion. If, if they announce a spring season, consider the 2020 season canceled. That's just their way of saying, look, we have no other option. Our last and final option is to push it to the spring, and at that point, it's, it's just not going to happen. So the only way a spring season would work is if a vaccine is developed, mass-produced in a matter of months, and to be honest, guys, that's probably not feasible. So the second scenario would include pushing back the start of the season to late September or possibly even early October. Again, obviously, with a shortened season and all the same stipulations apply as far as the fan attendance. So 
there's a couple positives and a couple negatives with this scenario. It, it could give the programs time to dampen any outbreaks that will likely occur when students come back to campus. And kind of, I, I'm thinking once October comes around, maybe most of the players will, will probably already have had the virus. Um, so some ideas being thrown around include the SEC and ACC joining together to create a conference schedule plus one, meaning if you got through all of your division games and your conference games, at the end of the season, you would get to add one game from the other conference. I could definitely see the commissioners agreeing to do this, but keep in mind, if you push the season back, back if you push the opener back to let's say early October that pushes back the entire season further into the winter further into colder weather further into when the virus is supposed to surge again and flu season combined which for that reason alone I just don't see any conference finishing even a shortened season or starting the season late just I don't think either of those two options are, are really going to work so here's the third option, and the third option is the one that, in my opinion, is probably the one that's going to happen, and that is to start the season on time. And that might sound crazy, but starting as soon as possible gives conferences the ability to have some flexibility on the back end in case maybe things don't go so well during the season. Let's say a couple games have to get canceled because... 20 or 30 players test positive, then on the back end, they can maybe reschedule that game. The more weeks you have to get that entire shortened 8 to 10 game season in, the better probability you have to get all those games in. And as I said already, if you start the season later, you're trying to squeeze that same 8 to 10 game season into a smaller window and then push also push that window closer to flu season and when the coronavirus is supposed to surge again. So all that being said, let's remember, what is college football about? Is it about the players? No. Is it about the coaches? No. Is it about the universities? To an extent. But, but but really, it's about the money. And commissioners will preface every decision under the guise of player safety. I'm doing air quotes right now. But these decisions are financial, plain and simple. That's it. The best case scenario for the most amount of revenue is to start the season on time and play as many games as possible. Get those TV contracts. So that's why I think what's going to happen is they're going to start the season on time. Now, obviously, the schedule will be completely different. Uh, most likely, you'll be putting the division games first. So based on the whispers we're hearing from some decision makers, it looks like we'll see a completely redone schedule, as I just said, for every SEC team. This would mean the importance of playing division games first is a priority, so that maybe the SEC could determine a conference championship or a conference champion uh, by way of a conference championship game in Atlanta to determine the champion and in turn bring in all that extra revenue. So if you get to that point, then you get to have a conference championship, more revenue for the SEC. So now you see where these decisions kind of stem from. Division games, first priority. you got to get the division games first so that you can get the division champion. Then you can have a conference championship. Um, so that's that's the priority. The, the secondary kind of priority is, is looking at cross-division rivalries. So you got Auburn-Georgia that happens every year. This coming season, Alabama and Georgia were, were slated to play. Um. And to be honest with you, I doubt that that game even happens. I don't even think that. I think Auburn and Georgia 
that game is probably on shaky ground as well, simply because it's more important, like I just said, to play the division games first so that you can determine a division champ. Now, those cross-division games might get placed out on the back end of the schedule, maybe Auburn George at the end of the season, you could see an Iron Bowl to, to, to open the season. That's a that's a very good possibility, um, which would be the strangest thing ever, but that would be interesting. Uh, so not only do the cross-division games get factored in maybe towards the end of the season, but as I said before, the, the ACC cross-conference game maybe can, can fill it out. That's something I could see happening. I, again, I don't think we're going to get to that point, but the problem with all this is who determines the schedules? Who, who determines the cross-conference matchups? Who, who gets to pick? With Georgia slated to play Auburn and Alabama this season, that's, that is two out-of-division out of games right there. And, and when in this scenario, that just can't happen. So they're either going to have to drop Auburn or they're going to have to drop Alabama or they're going to drop both of them and have somebody completely different. I don't know. I think a situation that we could see might be a lottery type of situation where they draw schools' names and let the head coach pick one cross-conference matchup or cross-division matchup. I, I, I don't know. It, it could get interesting to see something like that, um, but it might get a little hairy if you know Georgia's name gets drawn and who are they going to pick? Are they going to pick Auburn? Are they going to pick Alabama? Are they going to pick Texas A&M? LSU? No, they'll, they'll probably go with Arkansas just so they can get the easy win. So, I don't know. It could get really interesting. Uh, maybe the SEC just chooses at random one cross-division matchup due to the time running out on this. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. While I do hope the season starts on time and we see a full schedule, obviously the issue here is that most Southern and and uh, really kind of Midwestern states are experiencing pretty good increases of cases right now. Another downside to this is bringing 25,000 plus students from all over the country back onto campus and not expect this to spread like a wildfire. It's going to, for sure. College athletes are also college students, and college students will be college students no matter which way you cut it. They're going to go to bars, they're going to go to parties, and to be honest, I don't blame them for doing that. It's, It's their right to do that, and if those things are open and they feel like they want to risk whatever it is to to go do that kind of stuff. They're in college. They're gonna they're gonna do it. So be it. Most schools will probably experience a, a wave shortly after students come back on campus, which really puts conferences, especially the SEC, in a precarious situation to start on time. I mean, you have cases rising and all these kids coming from all over the country back into one small town. It, it could get really hairy. I mean. What do you do if 20 or 30 players test positive right before a game? I mean, I guess you have to reschedule the game. I don't I don't know. But simply put, as I was kind of talking about a little bit earlier about the money involved in this sport, we're going to see college football in some capacity. It's going to happen because of the money. It's a $5 billion industry. These programs and, and these conferences need this money to survive. I really think a lot of it kind of depends on the NBA and the MLB fair as their seasons press on. Are, are, are their bubbles going to work? Are their bubbles going to pop? Are they going to cancel the season if the bubble pops? If if NBA and MLB don't make it to the end of their seasons, we could see college football canceled altogether. That's one of the scenarios that I could see happening. If, if n- neither of those two sports can make it, then college football can't make it. So look out for that. That brings me to the state of college football in general. Um, this whole pandemic has shown a ugly side of college football and, and really the, the leaderlessness that 
is just exasperated right now because of coronavirus. And let's be honest, there's this massive movement looming in the shadows for players' rights, including compensation, likeness usage, all that good stuff. There are no unions for college athletes, although there probably should be, considering they're taken advantage of and and used for profit, essentially, billions of dollars. Um, And all these institutions are already bringing in ungodly amounts of money from from regular tuitions paid for by loans from the U.S. government. Uh, But anyways, this college athletics and tuition bubble, it's bound to pop. And these two problems could kind of be compounding into a perfect storm at the perfect time. So look out for that. Also, kind of getting back to, to, to the football side of things, there's no college football czar that would be able to get everybody on the same page. This is ridiculous that conferences are, are left to fend for themselves and make unilateral decisions that affect other conferences, like, like the Big Ten's announcement. If they hadn't made that announcement, you, I don't, I'm not sure anybody else would have came out and said that so quickly. Uh, and also, no other conference was made aware of that decision. The, the commissioners were thrown for a loop when they figured that out, that the Big Ten was announcing that. So it's there, there needs to be some sort of central leadership there. And, and you know, whichever way you cut it, though, this, this season is going to be a bust. We may get to see some football, but in no capacity is it going to be anything like we're used to. But again, that's okay, because we have to make sacrifices to keep each other safe. And at the end of the day, safety needs to be the priority here. So now that we've caught, gotten past kind of the ugly uh, part about coronavirus, let's let's talk about Cam Newton, Jarrett Stidham, and the Patriots. Cam's overcome quite a few speed bumps in his NFL career, from car accidents to injuries and surviving free agency. Just five years ago, Cam was the NFL's MVP and playing in a Super Bowl. His nagging shoulder injury and ankle injuries have kind of kept him in and out of playing, but now... He will join Jarrett Stidham and Bill Belichick over at New England. And this is not a move I saw coming from the Patriots, who seemingly went all in on Jarrett Stidham after Brady's departure. But lo and behold, they got a 6'6", 260-pound monster athlete uh, in Cam Newton coming to New England. And, and I think the reason maybe so many teams decided not to take Cam was probably because of his personality, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but but when the guy is on your team, he is the face of your franchise. He doesn't take a backseat to anyone. He's the captain of the team. He's the leader, wherever he is. It doesn't matter where he is. It's all he's ever known, if, if you really think about it. He was that way at Auburn. He was that way at Blinn. He was that way at, at Florida, to an extent behind Tebow, but he was only a freshman at that point in high school uh, at Westlake. To think he'd be anything less is honestly somebody who doesn't really know Cam Newton. So for that matter, if you draft him, if you take him out of free agency, he is your starter, period. I don't see a scenario, barring obviously injuries, but I don't see a scenario where Cam doesn't get the nod at quarterback over Jarrett Stidham. I mean, a former MVP with nearly a decade of playing experience in the NFL, come on. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. You put a healthy, hungry Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels in the same room together, we could see the NFL's most dynamic offense, regardless of the lack of receivers over there right now. And I'm pretty confident in that. I I am definitely beyond excited to watch him in action again. I don't know if you've seen the videos of Cam Newton's workouts, but the guy 
he felt like the Panthers did him wrong, and that made him hungry. It made him tired of of feeling doubted. And take it from a guy who was a freshman when Cam Newton took Auburn to the national title. The last thing anyone wants to do is doubt this man. The media was doing it. Other coaches were doing it. Other players were doing it. And what did he do? He came out on top. So he lives to prove doubters wrong, and I fully expect him to do that this upcoming NFL season. All right, guys, we're right at about 20 minutes here, so be on the lookout for a season preview that I will hopefully get to drop after the schedules get sorted out uh, sometime in the next couple weeks here, and, and we know exactly what's going to happen going into this season with this pandemic looming. Uh, I'll go into Auburn's depth chart. I'll give some info on maybe who my players to watch are. Uh, I just don't really see a point in doing that just yet until we really know what's going on and, and what the schedules are going to look like. But until then... Remember to like and subscribe on iTunes. Just give me a quick tap rating on there. And always, 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 War Damn Eagle.